experiencing God like never before. Um, we're going to be in Exodus 3 this morning. We're in our imperfect series. <clears throat> An imperfect man, Moses, a man with a bunch of problems and a bunch of issues. Anybody fit there? A bunch of problems and a bunch of, is- bunch of issues? I'm there. In today's text, he's going to experience God in a unique way. We spoke last week of the 40-year waiting periods in Moses' life. We spoke about how we find ourselves often in seasons of waiting. We don't know what the next move is. Honestly, we, we feel like we're punching in and we're punching out. We have those seasons of life where we don't feel the emotional pull that we once felt. And we spoke about that. There was a big mistake that was made in the middle of those two 40-year periods by Moses. It was called murder. Don't do that. Um, It's not the way to get out of your (laughs) 40-year. Some of you might feel like, you know what? It might be an option. I could take care of that guy and it'd be good. Um, It's not an option. Not a good one. No, not a good one. Um, But Moses comes in his mundane life. He's living with the Midianites. Those are people who don't have a home location. These are people that travel around from place to place. He met his wife, Zipporah, there. He became, he became a father. And he became a shepherd, a very noble, um, kind of behind the scenes. I'm going to get up and do my thing. Honestly, I'm going to get up and I'm going to punch in today and I'm going to punch out. I don't know what was going through Moses' mind for those 40 years, but he was in a waiting period. He was in a probation period. He was in a period of testing. And can I say this, that Moses needed to experience God again. Moses needed God in a real way. Church family, this morning, the most important thing in life is to seek and know God. That's a very simple statement, but it's a very true statement. The most important thing in life is to seek and to know God. You say, well, Josh, I thought that we had a great commission, and I thought we had all these other things that were... We do. But the most important thing in life is to seek and to know God. For if we seek and know God, we will follow his commands. If we seek and we know God in tune with his spirit, then we will live out the greatest commandment of all. We will live out the great commission. In fact, that great commission will become our commission personally. This morning, let's dive in. And let's see how Moses experienced God like never before. Exodus chapter 3, verse 1 says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the back of the desert and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Scholars believe this is the same as Mount Sinai because of what we'll find out. Not, maybe not discuss it today, but. 
Verse 2, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. So he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. A miracle. Then Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush does not burn. So when the Lord saw that he had turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. By the way, the proper response, Moses said, here I am. Then he said, do not draw near this place. Take your sandals off your feet for the place where you stand is holy ground. Verse 6, moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. We've lost that a little bit. We've, there's something, right? And the Lord said, verse 7, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore, verse 9, behold the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, God said, I will certainly be with you and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. That's the correlation between we believe Horeb and Sinai. Then Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus shall you say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. I am who I am. I am has sent me to you. God, I don't know the best way to formulate today's sermon. I just know that this is one of the most unique passages of Scripture in the Bible. God, all I do know is that Moses experienced you in a way like never before. God, help us learn from your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First of all, this morning I want us to simply see this, God's identity. God's identity. Verse 6, moreover, he said, I am the God of your father, 
the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And as we, I'm not going to read it, but as we move down, he then says that his name is I am, who I am. That I am has sent you. God's presence was evident right in front of Moses in the form of a bush that was burning, yet not consumed. And that may seem like a subtle miracle. That may seem like, yeah, it's incredible, but to just think of that all-consuming fire, by the way, the Holy Spirit is often in the New Testament especially, um, and the Old Testament for that matter, uh, a, a parallel with fire. And here is God speaking, revealing himself to man, Jesus, incarnation, through fire, the Spirit. We have a Trinity, a Trinitarian view here of God. And Moses encountered him after spending 40 years in waiting. After spending 40 years not knowing the future. After spending 40 years, as we spoke about last week, as a failure, as a murderer, as a man on the run. He experiences God. And God reveals his identity in a way that he had never done before. In this mind-blowing name. In its simplest form, I am could possibly be translated to be. To be. That is God. He just is. He is to be, he is the I am. It's different than other names that are uh, translated for God. And by the way, there's some significance in all of the names that are translated God. The most common name in the Old Testament translated God is actually a plural word. Another push towards the Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. However, this name, scholars agree, is the most unique and most holy as I mentioned before we sang the song, it's simply represented by the letters Y-H-W-H in the Hebrew alphabet. Over time and by choices by Bible translators, uh, and, and, and not necessarily Bible translators, just by scholars, we've landed on Yahweh being the pronunciation of the word that's used here. And for some reason... Uh, translators have chosen to use the name Lord in all caps or even replace it in some areas with Jehovah. And none of those are bad. He is Jehovah. He is our Lord. However, for some reason, the name Yahweh has escaped our translations. The word was so holy that any time it was written by the scribes and those that would transcribe scripture, the writer would pause to uh, wash his hands and oftentimes pray before continuing. This was a holy name that evidently Bible translators were even scared. The way I look at it, they were even pausing to translate it. And this was the God that Moses encountered. A most holy God. A most intimate God. A God who 
is very real and very personable, but also very much higher than you or I. To think of the name I am, it shows God's ability to transcend time. We mentioned this in the last couple of weeks. God does not view things like we view them. We are confined to time. I was born in 1982. Anything that happened prior to 1982, I cannot experience. Okay? I cannot experience it. However, if you think about when you're in an airplane, okay, and you're tens of thousands of feet above, and you're kind of maybe you're coming down, and you can see I 40. And you can see I 40 10 miles that way and 10 more miles that way. Well, guess what you can see? You can see that the Currington family who are traveling, well, we know them, they're traveling I 40 east to the beach, right? Um, they're, they're traveling I 40 east. We can see. That they are right outside of Raleigh, but we can see that right down here where 95 and 40 come together in about 20 miles, there's a wreck. Now, in that moment, this is just, believe me, this is not a good illustration of God. This, this is me just trying to explain it. In that moment, from where I'm see, seated high above, I know your future. I know your past. I know what was behind you. I know that behind you, that car behind you got off of the exit and went to Chick-fil-A. I'm watching them do it right now. And I'm watching 10 minutes ahead of you brake lights. And I'm watching the fact that they've already got a tow truck there. And I'm watching the fact that, you see, when you get high above, not just get high, <laughs> when you get high above, you see some crazy things when you get high too, I've been told. But hey, um, <laughs> When you get high above, you see things from a different perspective. Well, imagine an infinite God. An infinite God that from eternity past to eternity future is. I am. Bam. I am. All right. I am currently with David in the cave. I am currently with Paul in prison. I am currently with the persecuted church. I am currently with your grandma singing a hymn and eating some fried chicken after church. Whatever your grandma, that's my grandma did probably. I know she ate fried chicken, I guess she sang too. I am currently with Pastor Josh and Keystone Church. I am currently with Pastor Josh and Keystone Church 10 years from now. I am currently with that's the God. That's I am. I am. That is the God who introduced himself to Moses. And I, there's not a, a practical application to this other than worship. Adoration. Maybe the simplest, wow. That's the God that we serve this morning. That's the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob. It's the God of our fathers this morning. The great I am. Yahweh. We don't hear, the, we don't hear it enough. You're going to hear it more from me. Yahweh. Me and Tim, we done found three or four worship songs that have it in it. Just get ready. It is the most holy. It's similar to, you remember when Tim taught us the word hallelujah? 
It's just simply the highest praise that you could possibly give. It's not even a translated word that's transliterated in every language. If you meet a Christian from uh, the 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 uh, Af- from Africa, from India, from China, you may not be able to speak any of the same language, but you can say one thing together. You can say hallelujah. And they recognize it and they know it. Similar to that, we have Yahweh. So we see God's identity. And today, folks, if all you get is God's identity, you've got it all. But I want us to see this secondly, God's concern. And I don't know why this hit me so hard this week. But the God who is so high above me and so amazing and exists in all time. And not only is he caring about the billions of people on the earth right now, but he's in his immutability, in his unchanging time, he is also dealing with people in the past and dealing with people in the future. If you think about it that way, all the people that's ever been, he's concerned about his children. The Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people in verse 7 who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, the promised land, to the place of the Canaanites and all the other Ite brothers. Verse 9, now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Remember how we closed last week you remember the children of israel cried out to god and god did four things he heard he remembered his covenant with abraham he looked and he acknowledged them god was never going to forsake his people i've never seen the righteous forsaken Or his seed begging bread. God would not forsake his people. And even though God may not have worked as quickly as they wanted him to. God never forgot. May I say, God doesn't exist on your daily planner. God doesn't exist on your calendar. God exists in his calendar. His hand was never too far from them. His voice was never too far to be heard. He was there. His compassion was ignited. And he was going to do something about it. Jesus was moved with compassion. God was moved by the cries of his people. By the way, Moses will several times throughout the story, we'll see Moses petitioning to God on behalf of the sinful people of Israel. And God will care. God will have concern. And this morning, I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what your struggle is. I don't know if you find yourself as the children of Israel feeling like you're enslaved and in bondage and, and taken under this morning. All I can say is this, God cares, and you matter to him, and your struggle matters to him, and your situation matters to him. You go, well, Josh, if it matters to him, why hasn't he done anything yet? It's because God doesn't exist 
on your watch. God exists on his watch. And he's concerned, and he will not see you forsaken. And the worst thing that could happen to you, child of God, the worst thing that could happen to you, follower of Jesus, is that you see your Savior face to face. It's the worst thing that could happen to you. God's got you. God's got you. And this morning he was concerned about his people. He heard their cry. He raised up an imperfect leader in Moses. But then God had a mission. And God had a plan. And we're not going to be able to read all of these verses. But we know the story. God had a mission. And God's mission was that he was going to send Moses back to Pharaoh. Remember, Moses' grandfather Pharaoh had passed away. And God was going to send him back to the new Pharaoh to save his people. He gives him his name of I am, and we're not going to go back through that. But let's just say God has a plan. And then Moses begins to reveal his insecurities. And I'll be honest with you. Growing up in a legalistic church environment, I've always heard this taught and preached. Moses didn't think he, you know, he could talk and blah, 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 blah. And it was kind of like derogatory at Moses. I'd like to consider this morning that maybe those were needed and healthy pushbacks from Moses. If he were to move forward on this mission from God to lead the children of Israel out of bondage, he must and God must know that this was going to be all of God's working and none of Moses' working. Forty years ago, Moses stepped out of the palace to identify with his oppressed people, the children of Israel, and Moses acted on his own. He did what was right in his own way. And so what he did that was right turned into what was wrong. This time, Moses says, hey, I'm not the answer. God, you got the wrong guy. God, I've already proven 40 years ago that my pride's about to get in the way. God, I don't think you understand. I murdered the guy 40 years ago. I tried to stand with the children of Israel. I wanted to be their leader. I wanted to step out of the palace and be bold and take a stand with my people. And man, I screwed it all up. And I believe these insecurities and this, this visible humbleness that we see in Moses was actually needed. I want us to conclude with some practical applications, and I'm going to hit on this. Number one, I want us to understand in conclusion, the most important thing in life is to seek and know God. I want God to reveal himself to me in ways that feels like I'm in the backside of the desert with a bunch of sheep and a bush appears that's burning and not consumed. I, I want to go into my times of prayer and worship with God and sense his presence. To feel like, man, I need to slip my shoes off right here in this moment because this is a holy moment. The most important thing is for you to seek 
and to know God. And I'll ask you simply, when is the last time that you sought the Lord? I'm not talking about God praying for this food and by the way, give me wisdom. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, hey, before we go to bed, let's pray real quick, dear Lord, help us. No, I'm talking about like when your spouse is not around, when your kids aren't around, and it's, God, I need you in this moment. It is the most important thing in life. Secondly, when we experience God in a deep way, he will break down our barriers of pride. This is what happened with Moses. Let's dig a little bit in this. Is it okay in the practical? Is it okay if we dig a little deep? Y'all good? Y'all okay with scripture? All right, good. Just want to make sure. In Acts chapter 7 and verse 22, we mentioned it last Sunday. We mentioned that this text, Stephen's speaking in Acts chapter 7, also in Hebrews 11, there's another reference to Moses in this. But last week we mentioned this, but let's look back at it. Acts chapter 7 and verse 22. Moses was said to be, um, oh, you guys got him, I love you. Um, Moses was said to be mighty in words and in deeds. Forty years ago, the Moses that stepped out of the palace that ended up murdering the Egyptian, that Moses was said to be mighty in words and in deeds. However, the Moses who encounters God 40 years later, after having his pride broken down, after having himself torn apart, after being humbled in the 40-year waiting period in the wilderness with the Midianites, in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 10, that Moses that was mighty in words, you know what he says in Exodus 4.10? He says, I am not eloquent. I am slow of speech, and I am slow of tongue. The prideful, imperfect Moses spent 40 years breaking down and breaking down and breaking down. And the Moses that once said, hey God, I got him. I'm going to do this. Now encounters God and says, I can't even speak right. I've been brought low. I've been humbled. The warrior Moses who was ready to kill someone in order to bring justice to the children of Israel. This Moses was now hesitant. Basically unwilling to lead. And may I say, I think it's a good thing. May I say that I actually think that what we're not going to be able to cover in detail, what happens over the next few verses and into chapter 4 and whatnot, of God going back and forth with Moses on Moses says, I can't, but God says, here's how I'm going to do it. And Moses says, yeah, but I can't. And God says, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah, but, but I can. Yeah, but, but I can. And he goes back and forth and back and forth. I actually go, man, that's a different Moses. That's a different Moses than what we experienced 40 years ago. God did something to him in those 40-year waiting periods. God did something in Moses' life in Midian as he was a shepherd 
Before God could build Moses into the leader that he wanted him to be, he had to break Moses in a real and painful way. Thirdly, God's perfect plans are lived out by imperfect people. Praise God Almighty. God's perfect plans are lived out by imperfect people. You say, I don't think I can be used of God in that way anymore. Perfect plans are lived out by imperfect people. Yeah, but I don't think, Josh, I don't think you understand. Well, I don't think you understand, if I can be quite so frank. I don't think you understand. God specializes in grace. God specializes in using the unusable. God specializes in making his name big and your name small. I said this last week, people look at the Old Testament and they see a God of justice. And there is a lot of justice in the Old Testament. They see a God of, that wipes out the people that are against him. And you know what you also see in the Old Testament? An incredible God of grace. Hey, let, let, me, let, me per, let me bring to you the leader of the children of Israel, my chosen people. He's a murderer. His name is Moses. He just got out. He was sentenced to 40 years. Right? He just got out. Hey, let me, let me present to you the king who replaced Saul, the man after my own heart. Let me introduce you to this king. Oh, he's a murderous adulterer. His name is David. He can't run his family well. In fact, him and his son are going to try to kill each other. It's going to be crazy. Just get ready. The Old Testament's hardcore. God's perfect plans lived out by imperfect people. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. The only one in the Old Testament we really don't see much from is Joseph. That guy was incredible. Picture of Jesus. But God's perfect plans are lived out by imperfect people. And then, fourthly, and so importantly, the I am of the Old Testament paved the way for the I am of the New Testament. Oh, we're going to hear this phrase, I am, again. We're going to hear it. Sure, we're going to hear it a little bit in the book of Exodus. Oh, but we're going to hear it again when Jesus comes on the scene and he is God wrapped in flesh incarnate we'll, we'll celebrate Christmas coming up and that is the celebration is God wrapped in human flesh but this is what Jesus claimed here's the I am's of Jesus Jesus said that I am the bread of life if you come to him you will no longer hunger you'll be forever filled this is what Jesus said I am the light of the world and that light shines in darkness. Hey, sometimes the darkness doesn't comprehend it. But Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the door. If any are going to enter, better be through me. Jesus says that I am, listen, the resurrection and the life. The abundant life. Jesus says, I am. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Moses, the imperfect shepherd. David, 
the imperfect shepherd. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. Jesus says, I am the true vine. You must be grafted into me. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You see, God existing in no time, Yahweh, the great I am, says, hey, Moses, in this instance, I'm going to appear to you, and you're going to be able to experience me like never before. And God Almighty comes down in a burning bush that is not consumed. But today, you can experience God like never before, because 2,000 roughly years ago, God revealed himself again like never before in the form of his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ came, and Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. He was the great I am, and through the body of Christ, the physical body of Christ, God revealed himself again to mankind like never before. And that body was taken up on a cross, and it was brutally battered and beaten, and Jesus willingly laid down his life. Oh, but then he left, didn't he? He stayed 40 days, remember? 40 days, it was the 40s. He stayed 40 days after his resurrection. He ascended, and who did he leave with us? His spirit. Christian, non-Christian, you can experience God today like never before. You say, well, Josh, I don't see, we got bushes all around our house. I've yet to see the bush that is on fire and not consumed. In fact, if I light a bush in my yard, it causes problems. You're right. But you can experience God today like never before. You know why? Because he's given us his son. He's given us his spirit. You can experience God today like never before. Just like Moses did on the backside of the desert in this real tangible and unique way God calls you today to experience him like never before. He wants to introduce himself to you, not as the great I was or the great I will be. He wants to introduce you today to himself as the great I am, the same I am that was over uh, uh, thousands of years ago in the desert with Moses, the same I am that, 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 that hung on a cross and bled and died for your sins, the same I am that's with you today and will be with you tomorrow. He wants to introduce himself to you today as the great I am. And I'll say this, believers and non-believers alike, some of us need to introduce ourselves and be introduced to the great I am. You say, yeah, I did that when I was a kid. Okay, that's fine. Reintroduce yourself to the great I am. Seek him. Know him. Some of y'all met Jesus years ago and you hadn't talked to him since. Y'all met Jesus like I met like some celebrity when I was a kid. Oh, yeah, I remember Matt, when, I was a, when I was seven, man. I was in the airport, and, man, it was really cool. Like, this guy happened to be in the airport, and, like, my mom was like, oh, that's so-and-so, and we went and shook hands. Some of y'all met Jesus like that. I don't more know that guy than I know a man I've never met before. No, we need, need an ever-present relationship, authentic Real relationship, experiencing God like never before with the great I am. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. 
If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and all around the world. Visit keystonerdu.church to get involved.